This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to 1001 Radio Crime Solvers Podcast. This is your host, John Hagedorn. And we want 1001 Radio Crime Solvers to be your favorite place to go to enjoy a great mix of vintage detective shows from the golden age of radio. The scripts were great, the action was hot, and even the old commercials are enjoyable. And now, another episode of 1001 Radio Crime Solvers is ready to go. Enjoy! The Adventures of Sam Spade, Detective. Brought to you by Wild Root Cream Oil Hair Tonic, the non-alcoholic hair tonic that contains lanolin. Wild Root Cream Oil, again and again, the choice of men who put good grooming first. Sam Spade Detective Agency? It's me, sweetheart. Back from resisting arrest. Oh, Sam. Oh, Sam, you better not talk. The homicide people may be tapping our wire. Let them tap, Effie. I can take my medicine. Perhaps it's better this way. I'm strangely content. I'll walk down that last mile with dignity and a plum. A plum? You'll even be eating while you're going to your last? Why not, Effie? Why not? If this cape was to be my last, then so be it. It brought me everything. A woman's passionate love. The smell of salt air clean in my nostrils but and... you struck Lieutenant Dundee. That was the best part. An officer of San Francisco's police people. It was glorious. Glorious. Oh. Now calm yourself, Effie. Take a fortitude pill. Pull down the shade. Speak to no one. I shall skulk down alleys and secret byways as I come to you to dictate my report on the Stella Star Caper. Dashiell Hammett, America's leading detective fiction writer and creator of Sam Spade, the hard-boiled private eye, and William Spear, radio's outstanding producer-director of mystery and crime drama, join their talents to make your hair stand on end with the adventures of Sam Spade. Presented by the makers of Wild Root Cream Oil for the hair. Mom, don't look now, but school days are just around the corner. So I'd like to suggest that every day before the children leave for school, you remind them to get that neat, well-groomed look with Wild Root Cream Oil hair tonic. Wild Root Cream Oil not only grooms the hair neatly and naturally, it also relieves dryness and removes loose dandruff. So for the children, for Dad, and for yourself, Mom, get Wild Root Cream Oil hair tonic. Now in a new 25-cent get-acquainted size. Wild Root Cream Oil Hair Tonic, a friend of the family. And now, with Howard Duff starring as Spade, Wild Root brings to the air the greatest private detective of them all in the adventures of Sam Spade. 
date, September 5, 1948. Uh, to Mrs. Stella Starr, aboard the uh, Stella Starr, Marina Yacht Basin, San Francisco. From uh, Samuel Spade, license number 137596. Subject, the uh, Stella Starr murders. Murder? Well, Sam, if she's dead... Uh, sprung at the seams and pumping water, Effie, but still afloat. Sam, what kind of talk is that? Salty talk. Uh, shall we continue on a course? On a course? <laughs> oh, I mean, of course. <laughs> Dear Stella, if uh, anybody had told me that the man who walked into my office had a wife like you, I would have believed it. Because he was obviously a very wealthy man. He was wearing a very expensive skipper's uniform, a thousand bucks worth of Leica camera, 500 bucks worth of binoculars, a platinum bosun's whistle with a star ruby monitor, and the goatee. I'm a very wealthy man, Mr. Spade. I do not say that in boasting, but as a point of information. Thanks. I like to get as many facts as I can from my clients. Your name? Star. J. Wellington Star, master of the schooner Stella Star. Name for my dear little wife, sir. A picture? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yes, indeed. I call her my little mermaid. Uh-huh. What does she call you? Twinkie. But to the point, Sam, it is not my dear little wife that is lost. It's my Webley Vickers. Revolver? A pistol. Blowback, semi-auto, point, four five five caliber. Uh-huh. Anything special on it? Not particularly. <clears throat> oh, there's one thing. The grip is fashioned from the skull bone of a pygmy, which my dear little wife shot by accident while elephant hunting. Pygmy elephant? No, human. I'm quite fond of the pistol, both because it's, it's a good gun and as a reminder of happy days in the African bush. Uh, here's a picture of my dear little wife and her hunting tags. Mm-hmm. Is that the uh, pygmy standing next to her? Yes, before the accident. Uh, poor little chap. Was quite melancholy all the morning. Well, sir, when you've found my Webley, bring it round to the yacht. We're moored in the marina basin. Have you uh, reported this to the police? Oh, good heavens, no. Why not? It would mean no end of bother. Might even hold up my port clearance. Undoubtedly merely a matter of a crewman needing money. Filched it from my quarters and took it to a moneylender. Uh, don't you imagine? Uh, well, I'll uh, I'll give it a buzz. My fee is $25 a day. The gun worth that? I'm a very wealthy man, Mr. Smith. Well, then make it 50 We uh, settled for 35 and he left. After a leisurely lunch at the Blue Bottle Bar and Grill, I asked myself, if I were a seaman who wanted to unload a hot gun, where would I take it? Well, that narrowed the field to about a half a dozen friendly waterfront pawn shops. It took me about an hour and a half to check Friendly Sam, Friendly Rufus, Friendly Tom, Dick and Harry, and uh, Joe Friendly's place. If your husband's story was true, I was sure I'd find the missing gun in one of these places. But I did. Yes? Something? Uh, you got a Webley pistol in here lately? Foreign gun, bone grip? Oh, I got all kinds of guns. Foreign, domestic, Japanese. All types handles. Bone, ivory, plastic, or... Take your pick, choose it what you like it. Uh, let me see that one there. Ah, uh, that I can't sell. The ship ain't sailed yet. I got news for you, Joe. This one's hot. <laughs> a living newspaper he is. How do you think I keep this place so warm with the fogs rolling in all the time? Who pledged it? Nah. Funny thing, I forgot to write it down. Uh, What's your interest? What's your name? Spade. Sam Spade. Private eye detective. The very same. Take it, and I'm not to be in cooperation with you. You'll sign my guest book. My pleasure. Thank you, Joe. Well, same space. Good night, sweetheart.
It was dark and the fog was rolling in by the time I got to the marina yacht basin. The schooner Stella Star was pretty too as she rocked gently in her berth on the channel side of the jetty. I did a take after I let myself down aboard her, astern. I could have sworn that it was none other than Lieutenant Dundee of Homicide standing on the forward deck, but it was. I uh, took the Webley pistol out of my overcoat pocket and sniffed the barrel. The unmistakable odor of freshly detonated cordite assailed my nostrils. It had been fired at least once since you knocked off that pygmy. I peeked into the deck house. Your husband's yacht was brightly lighted, and it was through a porthole that I first saw you. I didn't have a bit of trouble identifying you. You were the only blonde there wearing lipstick and an off-the-shoulder gown, which was beautiful, what I could see of it, which was the off part. About then was when I was collared by who later turned out to be Mike McGinnis, chief mate of the Stellar Star. All right, turn around. Lieutenant! Well, look, I'm not a... Yeah, yeah. Hey, what's this? Uh-huh. Lieutenant! All right, come on, you. Uh, who's that? Mike McGinnis, Lieutenant. Found this guy hiding on that cruiser to a starboard. Oh, good work, McGinnis. Have a gun on him, huh? Yeah, a Webley Vicar. Let's see. Mm-hmm. Well, now, what's your name? You, you, huh? Yeah, Dundee, it's me. Uh-huh. Who are you working for, Sam? Well, you know I can't tell you that, Dundee, but I'll give you a hint. The name he gave me was J. Wellington Starr. Mm-hmm. Where'd you get this gun? Starr hired me to recover it. It was stolen from him. I found it in a hawk shop. That's all I know. Is he dead? That's right. The stiff's in the cabin. Come on. Good evening, all. <laughs> oh, now, please. Now, please. now, Mrs. Starr, we mustn't be hysterical. Do you identify this man? Oh, no, that's him. The face, the porthole. He was wearing a gray hat, I remember now. Now, that's a very serious statement, Mrs. Starr. Are you absolutely sure of your identification? Oh, Lieutenant, that's the man who shot my husband. I never forget a face. Now, now, please, Mrs. Starr. Mrs. Star, why, why this perfidious formality suddenly? Well, look, Dante, you don't seriously... Sam, I, I don't know what to think. That is true. Nodal ballistics tell me the slug in the body didn't come from this gun. Oh, well, it did, Dante. Oh, you see, he admits it. Is that what you're doing, Sam? Oh, I don't make any statement without my lawyer, but this gun smells like cordite, and this dame here smells like frame. I... What's she got against you? I don't know. I never saw her before in my entire V. Oh, Sam, how can you say that? After all we've been to each other, the promises you made. We're in this together, darling. You shot him. All right, all right, but because because I inflamed your passions. But I'll stand by you. That's the only You're decent thing. You're a fine, thing. brave little woman. Uh, now, uh, Mrs. Starr, I'd like you to make that statement again. This time we'll write it down. Oh, must I, with poor Twinkie's body lying there so... Uh, yes. Sergeant, oh, pull out. Get this stiff. Get, take it away. Oh, I just that, again. Quiet now, Mrs. Starr. You say you went ashore early this afternoon. Huh? Yes, Lieutenant. I wanted to see Sam. I wanted to talk to him. I wanted to tell him that it was all madness and could never be. But I disagree. We met at a little restaurant off the beaten track where we often meet. Yeah, where, well, when... what restaurant was that, Mrs. Starr? Uh, well, just a little Italian place near his apartment. No, just a small place. It uh, just uh. says pizza. And they draw the curtains across the booth. Iron curtains, Dundee. And I always arrived in disguise wearing an iron mask. Oh, yeah. Sam. Uh, continue, continue. When you, when you left the boat, you took something with you. Yes, the, the gun. That gun. Twinkie was so upset. Over, over Sam, that is. He had threatened self-destruction. I was afraid to leave him alone with this gun and... and, and, and now, I... don't stop. This is exciting. <gasps> Darling, you tell the rest of it. We may as well face it out. The truth is our only hope. Well, okay. Here's the rest of her story, Dundee. No, 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 no. I can't let no, you... No, here's her story. No, I'll tell... I'll... She told me it was all over between the sea. 
The Twinkie had threatened to blow his brains out. Then she showed me the gun, see? I grabbed it away from her. There was a struggle. Then she pleaded with me. I told her if I couldn't have her, no other man would. She jumped on her broom and came down here to warn him. And that's when I put on my gray hat, cocked my pistol, and made a widow out of her. You got all that, Dundee? Now, wait a minute. You, you endorse this statement, Mrs. Starr? Why, I, no. Yes, Okay, I... Dundee, okay. You got all the dope. Now take me down and book me or let me go home. Well, Sam, I'm afraid I'm going to have to take you. Why, you... You, Stella, were still wearing a puzzled expression under your tear-stained makeup when I embraced you and turned quickly away and said to Lieutenant Dundee, I am ready. You called after me, but I didn't look back. My face was an immobile mask as with slow, steady, inexorable steps, I walked out into the fog. Lieutenant Dundee cliched along beside me. And another thing, Dundee, I'll nail you for false arrest. Did you ever stop to think how long you've been a lieutenant of detectives? What does Mrs. Dundee say when you come home day after day without a promotion? Pretty story for the papers, too. Gullible dick enmeshed in yarn of seagoing glamour girl. You'll be back pounding a beat. How will your stupid little son explain that to his classmates at St. Agatha's? Well, speak up here, you cat got your tongue? Sergeant Powerhouse! Go and check on things. Look, Sam, I know that dame is lying. But why did you have to play along with her? You leave me with Hobson's choice. Yeah, that's smart of you, Dunny. That's shrewd. But look at it this way. Give her enough rope and she'll dig her own grave. There are more ways of skinning a cat than swinging it by its tail. Follow me? Yeah. Combined operations, Dunny. I'll go on the lamb, see? Now, now, wait, wait. Gee, I... I'll give her a pitch, something like this. I told that story to save your neck, I say. Why, she asked. Because it's a beautiful neck, I say. That's the part where I kiss it all the way down to the shoulder, see? Yeah, yeah, well, Sam, it won't wash. Look perfectly clean to me. Now, be serious, Sam. I can't do it. You shot off your mouth, now you have to pay the piper. Now, Dundee, all I have to do is demand a paraffin test. I haven't fired a gun since that day you scored 48 out of a possible 100 on the police range. Uh, And I'll publish that score, uh, too. I had a cold. You... Sam... Are you leveling? I am. You'll be an object of ridicule, the butt of all abuse, target for the night. Okay, Sam. Hit me. Do I have to? I can't look like I let you go without a fight. Okay, Dunny, but I'd uh, I'd like you to know this is going to hurt you worse than it does me. Well, thanks, Sam. Now take it. Hey, come back here. Oh, stop me off. Ha, ha, ha. They'll never catch me alive. Never. Makers of Wild Root Cream Oil are presenting the weekly Sunday adventure of Dashiell Hammett's famous private detective, Sam Spade. Now, here's important news on good grooming. If you want the well-groomed look that helps you get ahead socially and on the job, listen. Recently, thousands of people from coast to coast who bought Wild Root Cream Oil for the first time were asked, how does Wild Root Cream Oil compare with the hair tonic you previously used? The results were amazing. Five, better than four out of five, better than... What did you want? Confession to a murder if you got one handy. Who, that pig Wellington star? (laughs) Could be an honor which I don't deserve. Yeah, well, you may get it anyway. 
Well, no, it could be. You had motive more than you needed. You were in love with his wife, which adds up to a crime of passion, and he dumped you off in the middle of nowhere, which could add up to a murder for vengeance. But I was not there. You were. I didn't have the pistols. You did. The widow did not accuse me. She accused you. Yeah, she's changed the story. She's accusing you now. That's a lie. She don't go to accuse me. She loves me. Sure, sure. She loves me, too. She loves that chief mate. She loves anybody she can pin that murder on. She loves anybody that can help her make it stick. And the one that's left over gets the jungle treatment. I don't listen to no more bad talk about the sailor. I think you say too much already. I think I'm going to kill you with this. Hey, watch no. it. No. I teach you manners when you stick over a lady. I cut you. I cut you in little pieces. Up the ship, Rudy. Oh, up. Come on, come on, get on your feet. Get up. No, no, I got enough. I, I, I tell you, they kill me anyway when they find out what I done with that cargo. Then you did carry something. Sure. They had this load ready to go. The regular pilot got malaria. It was a way out. I want to find her again and pay off that pig. So I don't stop in Mexicali. I keep on flying. I got a plan with $200,000 of... Narcotics, I'm going to send that pig a star into prison so he don't put his dirty hands on her no more. You mean you planted some narcotics on the Stella Star? Sure. How did you get that stuff on board without anybody knowing? My Stella, <laughs> this girl is crazy for me. Get some clothes on. You're turning me in? What charge? For now, smuggling narcotics and stealing this plane. The murder is something else again. I got to clear myself. And if I can't find a guilty party, I just soon hang that on you, too. I hoped the guilty party wasn't you, Stella, dear. Because if it was, your Latin torchbearer was not the man to help me put the torch to you. It was 3.30 in the a.m. when we arrived aboard the Stella Star. I had brought along with me for the occasion none other than Lieutenant Dundee, who, except for the adhesive tape over his inscrutable chin, was wearing dark glasses. I could have sworn I saw your lovely puss framed in the cabin porthole as we made our way up the jetty. But when we got there, the cabin was bare. I could almost have believed your story about the secret panel, but it was true after all. I pulled down on the light fixture over the map. There was not only a secret panel, but a secret passageway. A narrow flight of steps, ladder to you, led into a compartment that looked like part of the forward hold. You and Jungle Love Number Two, the Irish philosopher Mike McGinnis, were bending over a pile of roll-your-own-type tobacco sacks. And I can always use it. You mean you won't need me? That's what you're thinking, isn't it? Well, I've got an interest in this stuff. If the skipper had been caught with it, I'd have gone up with him. What are you talking about? My husband didn't even know that stuff had been brought aboard. Oh, what are you handing Rudy me? Rudy brought it and I helped him. Poor idiot thought I did to send Wellington up and clear the deck for him. Oh, so that's what you had in oh, mind. Oh, my darling, of course not. I did it for you. I'm yeah. going to make the paint Easy, Dundee. We want to hear this. Oh, Got yeah. I'll believe it when you turn him in for the murder. But, darling, I already told Sam that Rudy did it. Did he? Of course. All right, then that's one more reason for keeping quiet about this stuff. Sounds crazy going all that trouble to frame a man and then knock him off. Oh, it's a better story without it. Oh, darling, you think of everything. Kiss me. All right, I'll take over from nice, here. You both get... All right, come and get it. I'm on my way out here. You... Drop, Dundee, hit the floor. <laughs> He dead. Uh, not yet. Mike, can you talk? Ah, uh, you just scorch him, that's all. No, I... no, no, it's pretty bad, Mike. Whatever you got to say, you better talk fast. Well, if it's bad, what's the difference? Who killed the skipper? Uh, me. He was drunk. Yeah? Threatening to kill himself. She got the gun away from him. 
gave it to me to hold on to. I was going to hide it down here. And uh-huh. So I happened to find this cache of dope. I figured he's handing me half of the risk and none of the profit. You figured he's I... a natural for a suicide verdict anyway, so all you need is the right moment when nobody's around to have it happen. But in the meantime, he came to me about the missing gun, which gave you the bright idea. You plugged him and then hocked the gun so I could find it easy and arrive with a murder weapon on me. Oh, Mike, you did it for me. Yeah, that's about it. Uh, well, you got it, Dundee? Yeah. Uh, huh? How about Lieutenant Dante explained the caper to me as we sat over a lukewarm cup of chicory in his hideous apartment. And once again was I struck with the well-nigh indescribable thought processes of this otherwise simple man. And it suddenly struck me that Dundee, spelled backwards, is Ednud. Thank you, Stella, for your generous offer of marriage, but it just wasn't meant to be. Uh, period. End of romance. Will that be all, Sam? Yeah, what do you think about it? Of what, Sam? Well, my big adventure. Must have been awfully dull for you, Sam. Why do you say that? That girl. She must have gotten on your nerves terribly. Well. Having to make love to her in line of duty. Yes, I know. You're practically the male, not a hurry. Hey, now, wait a minute. I think you owe me an explanation. Oh, really? I thought it was self-explanatory. Excuse me, Sam. I really must type this off. Hmm. Not a hurry yet. If you're particular about your appearance, then be particular about your hair tonic. Always insist on Wild Root Cream Oil, the famous non-alcoholic hair tonic with lanolin that grooms your hair neatly and naturally, relieves annoying dryness, and removes loose, ugly dandruff. Now, get Wild Root Cream Oil at your drug or toilet goods counter in the new 25-cent get-acquainted size bottle. Also, ask your barber for a professional application of Wild Root Cream Oil hair tonic. Again and again... The choice of men who put good grooming first. The copy is ready, Sam. Will you please indicate your corrections on the margin in number four pencil, please? Your smears. What gives? Really, Sam, with the amount of money expended on office supplies in the agency, I cannot be continually wearing out races. Of course, you have the right to use any pencil you wish. In fact, it's quite obvious that you'll go your own way anyhow, even if your life is in danger. Making friends with all sorts of riffraff that should be in straight jackets. F not my place to criticize that. After all, the choice of your friends is your choice. But any girl who would shoot down a pygmy in cold blood would stop at nothing. F. And as nearly as I can make up, she didn't. F. Don't. You know what always happens. I know, and I can't stop. I just get all wound up, Sam. Come here. No, don't touch me now, Sam. Not after that awful... Come here. No, Sam, no, my hair, my lipstick, you just... Oh... I'll never go where flamingos fly, will I? I got news for you. Get your hat and coat, purse, gloves, and face on. They're all on. Didn't you notice? Oh, I thought you were gaining weight. Where are we going? Where flamingos fly. On the jukebox and all around the walls. Called the Flamingo Barn Grill. Oh, Sam. And do they have exotic drinks and everything? Sure, and free oyster crackers. Oh, lovely. Come on, get a move on. The blue plate special goes off at 9.45, and it's cream tuna on rice tonight. How nice. Good night, Sam. Hey, wait for me. I had cream tuna for lunch. Good night, Sam. Hard to get, eh? Well, two can play at that game. Good night, sweetheart. Be 
The Adventures of Sam Spade, Dashiell Hammett's famous private detective, are produced and directed by William Spear. Sam Spade is played by Howard Duff. Lorene Tuttle is Effie. The Adventures of Sam Spade are written for radio by Bob Tallman and Gil Dowd. Musical direction by Lud Gluskin with score composed by Rene Garrigan. Join us again next Sunday when author Dashiell Hammett and producer William Spear join forces for another adventure with Sam Spade. Brought to you by Wild Root Cream Oil. Again and again, the choice of men who put good grooming first. This is Dick Joy reminding you to... Get Wild Root Cream Oil, Charlie. It keeps your hair in trim. You see, it's non-alcoholic, Charlie. It's made with soothing lanolin. You better get Wild Root Cream Oil, Charlie. Start using it today. You'll find that you will have a tough time, Charlie. Keeping all the gals away. Hiya, Baldy. Get Wild Root right away. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. and theaters everywhere. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. They stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10th. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Saks.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. The Adventures of Sam Spade, Detective. Brought to you by Wild Root Cream Oil Hair Tonic, the non-alcoholic hair tonic that contains lanolin. Wild Root Cream Oil. Again and again, the choice of men who put good grooming first. Sam Spade, Detective Agency. Uh, listen, you, uh, phone down to the drugstore and tell them to send up three gallons of black coffee. Who is this? Are you sure you have the right number? I'm sure I've got the right number, but I'm not so sure who I am. Oh, Sam, it's you. You must have had a frog in your throat. Did you oversleep? Effie, don't say things like that. Oh, I'm sorry, Sam. 
Oh, you poor dear, you've been working. You're tired, that's it. Tired? I've only just brought Lazarus back from the dead. Well, then you better get some rest, Sam. You can dictate your report tomorrow. That's what you think. Now, stay where you are. If I'm asleep when I get there, wake me up. I'll be right down to dictate my report on the Lazarus caper. Dashiell Hammett, America's leading detective fiction writer and creator of Sam Spade, the hard-boiled private eye, and William Spear, radio's outstanding producer-director of mystery and crime drama, join their talents to make your hair stand on end with the adventures of Sam Spade. Presented by the makers of Wild Root Cream Oil for the hair. Next time you buy hair tonic, be sure you buy Wild Root Cream Oil. For you see, Wild Root Cream Oil gives you these advantages. It grooms your hair neatly and naturally, relieves annoying dryness, removes loose, ugly dandruff. Wild Root Cream Oil is non-alcoholic and contains soothing lanolin, so much like the natural oil of your skin. Yes, friends, next time you buy hair tonic, look for that famous name, Wild Root. Get Wild Root Cream Oil hair tonic. Again and again, the choice of men who put good grooming first. And now, with Howard Duff starring as Spade, Wild Root brings to the air the greatest private detective of them all in the adventures of Sam Spade. In here, Sam, in your private office. Yeah, private, she says. I'd like to know what's private about it. I have everything ready for you, Sam. What's this? Ovaltine, to relax. I don't want to relax. I don't dare. Oh, there you go again, Sam. Going on nerves. How long do you think you can keep it up? With your help, I'll be in a coma inside three minutes. Thank you, Sam. Now, you just lie down here on the couch, and I'll take your shoes off. Now, look, uh... And I can take dictation while you relax. Nuts! Where's that black coffee? Sam, you're angry with me. Your eyes. Please don't glare at me like that, Sam. I can't bear it when you... I am not glaring. I'm trying to keep them open. Now sit down. I got to keep moving around. Oh, moving you around. shouldn't drive yourself like this, Sam. Uh, uh, please, Effie, please. Uh, date, uh, fill it in. Well, it's your life. Go on. Burn yourself at both ends. Uh, let's see. Uh, two, uh, A.J. Tatspaw, claims manager, all risk insurance company, Tide Building, San Francisco. From Samuel Spade, license number 137596. Oh. Dear sir, the following is an accounting of my services to your company in connection with the claim of Emma R. Lazarus on the life of the assured Timothy R. Lazarus. The latter called at my office yesterday at approximately 11.30 a.m., he was tall, bald, gray-faced, and dusty. He looked as if he'd been buried and dug up several times. This, this may sound like a poor sort of jest, Mr. Spade, but my name is Lazarus, and I want you to bring me back from the dead. Well, sounds interesting. Why did you die, when did you die, and how did you die? I was declared dead by the appellate court of the state of California, August 28th last year, by reason of seven years' absence. Who took it to court? My wife, Emma. Insurance? Yes. My wife and I agreed between ourselves to insure my life in the amount of $100,000 that she would collect on legal presumption of death after my disappearance and continued absence for seven years. That's the law, Mr. Spade. Yeah, it's been tried a lot of times. What went wrong in your case? Wife double-cross you? If that's your attitude, I'm afraid I've come to the wrong man. Uh-huh. You're still in love with her. Well, that makes it tough. You know they'll nail her for perjury if you prove you're still alive? But that's why I didn't go to the police. 
Even though we'd planned the deception together, she had reason to believe that I was actually dead. Suppose you cover the whole thing from the beginning, Mr. Lazarus. Yes. I, I married her back in 1940. And for a while, we were happy. And then she became restless. You mean you were not able to support her in the manner to which she was accustomed? She was young, lovely, you wanted her to have nice things, but on your meager salary, it was impossible. Oh, I know it's an old story, but life is like that. Well, uh, you said it. Yeah. Well, there you are. I was assistant cashier at the Golden Gate Bank. Oh, no, not that. I, I started taking small sums at first, meaning to repay them later uh, look, on. Look, let's not go through the whole script. How much did you embezzle? $20,000. Yeah, so you decided to take it on the land before the auditors came in, and... I was going to give myself up, but Emma wouldn't let me. We, we made our plans that night, and uh, I left for Mexico the following day. In Mexico City, I had plastic surgery done on my face, and then I settled down to wait the seven long years until I would be declared legally dead. <sighs> I suppose you might call it poetic justice, but just before the end of the seventh year, I contracted malaria was confined to a hospital for more than 11 months. Mm, you have had it. Oh, the doctors gave me up for dead and asked me to notify my next of kin. I gave them Emma's address. I never notified her. To the contrary, because it seemed to, to, to fit in so well with our plan. Too well, huh? Yes. I, I'd been to see her, and she refuses to believe that I am her husband. Oh, of course, my appearance is, is, is very much altered, but there must be some way to prove my identity. You worked in a bank. They must have taken your fingerprints. I removed them from the files and destroyed them. How are your teeth? My, my teeth? Teeth. Who was your dentist here in town? Oh, oh, oh. Uh, 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 Dr. Smith, the Drake Professional Building. You'll still have your dental x-rays on file. They're as good as fingerprints. You go there this afternoon. Don't give your name. Tell them you're Mark Humboldt. Have a new set of x-rays taken, and I'll do the rest. Oh. Uh, what's your wife doing these days? Why, uh, Emma... Emma's married again. Who's the sucker? Pardon me? The man. Oh, he's a doctor, Dr. Ernst Wilhelm. Wilhelm? He's quite well known, I believe. Yeah, and the cops would like to know more. Now, about my fee... Uh... Oh, uh, Mr. Spade, I have no money. Oh, that's great. You have no money, and all you want is to hire a man to bring you back from the dead. And the more I succeed, the less chance I'll have of collecting. If I might make a suggestion, Mr. Spade, I... I don't know the ethics, but uh, perhaps the insurance company? You would be doing them a great service. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to live, Mr. Lazarus. They can't keep a good man down. I'll collect from them. I knew there wasn't a chance in 100000 of shaking a fee out of your company. After all, you have your own investigators in the payroll, and contract work isn't deductible under the new tax law, but something about Lazarus had gotten to me. Something else about him got to me at the Blue Bottle Bar and Grill, where I stopped for lunch. Mr. Spade? Yes, indeedy. Uh, I'm Emma Wilhelm, Mr. Spade. Emma Lazarus Wilhelm? I see you do know who I am. May I sit down? Slide in, Mrs. Wilhelm. Thank you. <laughs> I'm glad to know you have a sense of humor, Mr. Spade. Mm -hmm. It's about that man, of course. Surely you didn't believe a word of his story. Which word? Oh, I'll admit there are slight traces of the truth in his raving. My first husband, Timothy Lazarus, was an embezzler. Mm -hmm. He did disappear, and it's quite true that I have collected the insurance on his life. I might even believe that Tim is still alive. But that man is not he. Then what are you so upset about? Oh, it's 
perfectly obvious what he wants. He's an extortionist. You're wrong. He doesn't want money, Mrs. Wilhelm. He wants you. Oh. Uh, Mr. Spade, how much do you know about my husband? Which one? Don't be flippant. Dr. Ernest Wilhelm? He, uh... Made his first million panning lead nuggets out of gang war casualties and lost it on the stock market. He uh, cut his second million out of Knob Hill and called it surgery. He lost that on horses, blondes, and malpractice suits. The last time he was mentioned in the paper, there was a big picture of him pumping sleeping pills out of the stomach of an aging bolesque queen. It uh, may or may not have been coincidence that she did not recover and that she was the ex-girlfriend of one of our better-known racetrack haberdashers, and if he got a hundred bucks for the job, he was paid off in boodle. Oh, please. Please don't say any more. That poor girl. And he'll do the same thing to me. Well. If you persist in helping that imposter, you'll be responsible for whatever happens to me or anyone else you involve. Mm-hmm. Anything else I should know? Yes. Both you and your client are being watched and followed. You can't escape him. He's not quite the has-been you'd like to think he is. After she had gone, I scraped her tears off my butter, finished my lunch, washed my hands with a nationally advertised soap, and mushed over to the Drake Professional Building. I found my client's dentist in his lab polishing up a set of gold inlays. Humboldt? Oh, yes, yes. His x-rays have come through. Only set today. They're on the clamp. Don't touch them. They're not dry yet. Oh, I'm sorry. What's your interest? uh, Police identification? You guessed it. Always happy to cooperate. Thanks. How about digging in your files for the x-rays on a patient named Lazarus? Oh, yes, be glad to, of course. Well, let's see now. Larrabee, Lavelle, Lawrence, Lawson, Gluskin. That's G. What's that doing here? Ah, Lazarus. Timothy R. Is that your man? That's the name. Jimmy, April 1940. Should have been in for dental hygiene. Have to remind Miss Baker. That's my nurse. These uh, pictures, how do they compare with this new set? Well, now let's have a look. Switch on the light there, will you please? And let's see, malocclusion, cuspids, impacted third molar. Ah, erosion inlay. Yes, it's very interesting. You mean they're the same in both sets of pictures? Oh, dear, no, no. A man's mouth could change a lot in seven years, could it? Oh, yes, especially with dental neglect, but that would never cause a man to grow new teeth. Oh, well. You see here, Humboldt has one more lower incisor and two more molars in Lazarus. And the whole character of the mouth is different. These two men would not look even faintly alike. Well, uh, could there have been some mistake in filing? Oh, dear, no. Miss Baker's been with me for ten years. Never made a mistake yet. Mm-hmm. Could I talk to her? Not in today. Been out since Tuesday. Cold. Oh, say, by the way, you're a detective. How's this for a mystery? She phoned me this morning and thanked me for sending a doctor around to examine her. Now, this is the peculiar part. I have no recollection of having done so, and I'm not acquainted with the doctor she said I sent her. That wouldn't be a Dr. Ernst Wilhelm. What? Why, yes. Wilhelm. That was the name. Do her another favor, will you? Call a doctor you do know and tell him to get over there as fast as he can. Come on, come on, open up. Get your shirt on and I'll come in as fast as I can. What you want, kiddo? Which is Miss Baker's room? She's sick. Ain't having no callers. I'm her doctor. Oh, you can't fool me. Where's your little black bag? If I had one, it would be around your neck. Now, March, show me the way. You can't force me. I know my rights. Oh, you do, do you? Well, it might interest you to know that your vents are faulty, your wiring is illegal, your drains are unsanitary, and your apron is dirty. Them's rust stains. 
I'm neat as a pin. You're as neat as a mud pie. Now get going before I have the Board of Health down on you. All right, but you can't make me climb them stairs. Come on, come the on. The sciatica I have. Here's the keys. Okay. First door to the right. And whenever she's gone, I hope you catch it. Thank you, Elsa Maxwell. She was stretched out on a bed, her left arm twisted under her and her right dangling over the edge. On the floor beneath it was an empty pill bottle. A few red capsules were scattered near it and some more were spilled out among the bedclothes. It was a standard sleeping pill suicide scene, but I didn't believe it. The body was still warm, but no pulse. I didn't waste time giving her the mirror test. Instead, I looked around for a phone. It was on a table near a window. I meant to dial the police number, Sutter 12020, but SU was as far as I got. It felt like a bee sting or a quick jab with a needle. I spun around and swung out blindly. The face that I missed was suntanned under a shock of iron-gray hair. It was wearing the same white-toothed grin that Dr. Ernst Wilhelm always wore for newspaper photographers. I started towards him, and he backed away, still grinning. Come ahead, Spade. Come and get me, but hurry. You have only 20 seconds more. Shall I count them off? So far, you have three... Four, four, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. The floor kept dropping a foot at a time as I walked toward him. But every time I got to the bottom of the incline, it tilted up the other way and I slipped back. He kept dropping out of sight and every time I got him back into my line of vision, he was farther away. The walls of the room opened out and disappeared into some clouds. The ceiling spun around faster and faster until it whirled away like one of those flying discs. Then the floor turned into gelatin and I sank into it. The makers of Wild Root Cream Oil are presenting the weekly Sunday adventure of Dashiell Hammett's famous private detective, Sam Spade. Now, here's important news on good grooming. If you want the well-groomed look that helps you get ahead, socially and on the job, listen. Recently, thousands of people from coast to coast who bought Wild Root Cream Oil for the first time were asked, how does Wild Root Cream Oil compare with the hair tonic you previously used? The results were amazing. Better than four out of five who replied said they preferred Wild Root Cream Oil. Remember, non-alcoholic Wild Root Cream Oil contains lanolin. It grooms the hair naturally relieves dryness, and removes loose, ugly dandruff. So if you want your hair to be more attractive than ever before, get the generous new 25-cent size of Wild Root Cream Oil, America's leading hair tonic, on sale at all drug and toilet goods counters. It's also available in larger economy bottles and the handy new tube. Get Wild Root Cream Oil. Again and again, the choice of men who put good grooming first. By the way, smart girls use Wild Root Cream Oil, too. And mothers say it's grand for training children's hair. And now, back to the Lazarus Caper. Tonight's adventure with Sam Spade. The dream lasted about 300 years. 
Around Christmas time in the year 2247, another bee stung me. I opened my eyes, but the lights on the tree were too bright, and Santa Claus was bending over me with a brandy breath. Come on, man. Come on. Come on. A little willpower. You're conscious. That's it. That's it. Yeah, sensation returning. Uh, here, try and sit up. The girl. How about her? Uh, too late. Did everything I could. Suicide pact? Well, one of your brothers in Apollo was a little too handy with a needle. Here's the mark on my arm, and you'll find one on that stiff. Those sleeping capsules were a plant to make it look like suicide. Uh, you'll be feeling better soon. Now, come along. Up on your feet. Must keep moving. Restore circulation. Yeah. Hip, hip. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. You, uh, you the man Dr. Smith called? Yes. So you're a private detective. Uh, how do you feel now? I'm still dopey. You, uh, give me something to pick me up? I've given you as much stimulant as it's safe to administer. For the rest, you'll have to sleep it off. And you will. I advise you to hurry home, get into bed before this wears off. How long have I got? A mm, couple of hours if you keep moving, maybe three. Yeah. But if I were you, I wouldn't stay out. Don't want to fall asleep in the middle of Market Street, get run over by a bus. Worst things can happen to you in your own bed. Look at her. Murder? Think you can prove it? I don't know. I couldn't. Not on her. And I've been an autopsy surgeon for 20 years. Well, cheer up, doctor. If you miss on her, you may get a second chance. Huh? Yeah, me. Mm-hmm. Uh, those eyes are looking better. I think you'll live. I wasn't so sure. Unless I could nail Wilhelm before my three hours was up, it was a safe bet he'd nail me again with that needle. He had done me one favor. He'd convinced me that my client was really the man he claimed to be and that Wilhelm and Emma knew it. My best hope of smoking him out was to dig out some solid proof. I spent ten minutes of my three hours getting to the Hall of Records and ten more finding out there was nothing there on Lazarus but his death certificate. I had a gander at the wanted file at police headquarters. They'd checked him out in August of 47 when the court had pronounced him dead. I looked at my watch. With two hours and 17 minutes of wakefulness left, I just didn't have time. I stopped by Lazarus's hotel, got a set of his fingerprints and several samples of his signature, took them to a penman I know down on the mission, and between us, we forged the most amazing set of documents ever assembled on one man. All dated, notarized, certified, witnessed, registered. One even bore the great seal of the state of California and the signature of the governor. I squeezed them all into a large briefcase, propped my eyes open with toothpicks while I drank half a gallon of black coffee, then phoned Dr. Wilhelm's night number. I told him I was one of Russian Leo's boys, and a cop had just winged me on the lamb from a jewelry store job. He agreed to meet me at his office. Hello, Wilhelm. Yes? Is that all you got to say to the guy you knocked off an hour ago? I'm afraid I don't quite follow. Who are you? Look, I know that you know, and you know that I know. They even wrote a song about it. So let's get off the dime and don't reach for a needle. This gun is bigger, and it shoots farther. Well, I can see you mean business. What do you want? First, I want to show you a few things. Here, take a look. Mm-hmm. Well... This is very impressive. Yeah, I thought you'd be impressed. You, uh, need any more proof that Lazarus is Lazarus? What's the matter, Spade? Getting sleepy? Don't get your hopes up. I can squeeze this trigger in my sleep. Mm -hmm. 
Are these papers for sale? Why do you think I brought them to you? What's the price? Half the take on Lazarus's insurance. That's very high. I haven't finished. This time, Lazarus has got to be really dead, and you're going to do the job. Come on, come on, stop stalling. I can't do that. Why not? Why, Emma, she'll make trouble. She said she would. She's still in love with him? Why do you say that? I just wondered. What reason did she give you for not wanting him knocked off? The cops work harder at identifying a dead man than they do a live derelict that looks and talks like a crank. I had the same idea myself. Then you're stupid. With him dead, she can tell any story she wants to. With him alive and all this proof of identity, he's in a position to nail both of you for fraud, conspiracy, perjury. Shall I go on? Uh, one thing. Does Emma know about these papers? Sure. You're lying. Sure, I'm lying. And those documents are forgeries, if that's the way you want it. I haven't got time to argue. I can't stay awake much longer, and you can't bring it off without me. I'll have Lazarus at my apartment in 30 minutes. Bring your needle and the 50 grand. All right, Spade. I'll be there. I made two phone calls on my way to pick up Lazarus, one to Emma and one to Lieutenant Erlinger of Homicide. Dundee was asleep. The Lieutenant and Sergeant Poolhouse were perched on the fire escape outside my window, and Emma was waiting in the living room when we got there. Tim, oh, my poor darling. Emma, you recognize me. Of course, darling, from the beginning. But I didn't dare speak out in front of Ernst. I know. Mr. Spades told me. Now, listen to me, you two. You're sure you can go through with this? Oh, are you sure there's no danger? That's him now. Come on, Lazarus, get in the bedroom yes. there. Now, do what I told you. Don't worry, Emma. Oh, I'm so frightened. Quiet. Hello, Spade. I got here just at... Emma, what are you doing here? Uh, Mr. Spade phoned me. I agreed. It's the only thing to do. I wanted you to know that. Well, I'm glad to see that you've come to your senses for a while there. You see, you were wrong, Spade. Did you bring the stuff? Uh, here's your money. I have a hypodermic in the case here. It's already loaded. <laughs> we won't need a sterile needle. <laughs> Where is he? In there on the bed. He was asleep a minute ago. The grogginess that had kept coming back over me in waves for the last two hours swirled over me again as Wilhelm leaned over the bed where Lazarus lay, stretched out with his eyes closed. For a split second, I blanked out, and I was afraid it had already happened. Then I saw Wilhelm's hand coming down at an oblique angle toward Lazarus's forearm. Then my vision blurred again and my arms felt too heavy to lift. <laughs> it was Emma's scream that jolted me back. I clawed out blindly. Drop it. You. Let go of it. You. you get it in your own arm. Let go. You swine. You double crossing. Now, here's a little sleeping medicine for you. Okay, boys. Come and get him. Good boy, Sam. Boy, we won't forget this. Yeah, a likely story. Uh, get that broken glass, Polhouse. Put it in the Dixie cup. I handle it careful. One analyze that medicine. You okay? Uh, who are these people, Sam? Accomplices? Yeah, but not for homicide. What about Ernst? They won't let him go free, will they? Don't worry. He's out of circulation for good. Mr. Spade. Yeah, Lazarus. I, I, I don't know how to thank you. Yes, 
You don't know what this means to us. Oh, yes, I do. It probably means another long separation. The state prisons aren't co-ed. But if you insist on being alive, you have to take life as it comes. Period. Uh, end of bedtime story. Oh, Sam, it's so sad. That poor couple, so much in love. Hmm. But you had to do your duty, didn't you, hmm. Sam? Hmm? They had to pay their debt to society, of course. That's hmm. why you had to be so hard and unrelenting and not give in to your better nature. Oh, that's right, that's right. Never give in to the ship. <laughs> Don't tread on me. It was uh, Hobson's... Hobson's... Um, yeah, what was it that Hobson... Uh, you may fire when ready. You know best, Sam. I'll just go type this up. And now, listen to this. A good friend of the family. That's Wild Root Cream Oil hair tonic, folks. Wild Root Cream Oil grooms the hair neatly and naturally, relieves dryness, and removes loose dandruff. Now, get Wild Root Cream Oil at your drug or toilet goods counter in a new 25-cent get-acquainted bottle. Also, ask your barber for a professional application of Wild Root Cream Oil hair tonic. Again and again, the choice of men who put good grooming first. Apron's dirty. Sam, I'm not wearing an apron. Then why don't you let me sleep? Sam, you've got to wake up. Your coffee's here. And tell him I'm in conference. No, Sam, no. The black coffee. You said to order three gallons. What? I couldn't carry it all. I'll make another trip. Twenty-four cardboard containers. You'll have to drink it up fast now. They're, they're leaking already. Abandon ship, all ye who enter here. Oh, Sam, what am I going to do with it? Uh, open a restaurant. Good night. Oh, Good night, Sam. Number three turrets, open fire. The Adventures of Sam Spade, Dashiell Hammett's famous private detective, are produced and directed by William Spear. Sam Spade is played by Howard Dove. Lorreen Tuttle is Effie. That wraps it up for tonight's show at 1001 Radio Grime Solvers. We really enjoy good reviews. So when you have a chance, say something nice about a selection of shows, or maybe suggest some to us. Thanks for joining us. See you next time.